Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Catch and Shoot 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Catch and Shoot 2.0 goes well with both red and white and is perfect with the workout of your choice. Our hosts are Aaron Berlin, a former Kansas Jayhawk who believes the Orlando Magic will win the championship. Eventually. (laughs) His partner is Otto Strong, a man who has covered the NBA since before Dennis Rodman got his first tattoo. Fellas? Thanks so much, Darlene. It is Catch and Shoot 2.0. And with that, I'm going to give the floor to my guy. His name is Otto Strong because Otto... It feels so good to be back with you. I've missed the last few weeks, but thank you so much for for holding it down, man. How's it going? Well, everything's going great. Uh, you know, all, all things considered, uh, trying to trying to wash my hands eighty seven times a day, and uh, but uh, you know that's the way of things these days. How you how you feeling? How many different songs have you sang while you wash those hands? Is it all the right. happy birthday song? Is it is it a common song? Is it? <laughs> You, you know, there's like so many different versions of this song that I have heard. The Orlando Magic came out with one. That's the old 90s theme, if you remember that one. The Orlando Magic, Orlando Magic. So I've just been like humming along with those. All right. So so, so this is going to tell you a little bit something about me. I don't even go with the song because I'm one of these crazy people who like has always washed their hands in, in, a, in such a way that that I don't, I don't need a happy birthday. I don't need two happy birthdays. I'm, I'm, Man, I'm you're just a better person than all of us, you know? Well, <laughs> <laughs> maybe up into the wrists. After that, it all falls apart. But, <laughs> but. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. It is amazing how many people you see washing their hands, you know, uh, which, which is wild. So I, I, I do have to admit to this. About a week and a half ago, it was before – kind of everyone shut down before like my own um, kind of health issues hit, but uh, my parents were in town, so they were out at Disney. So I had to go there. The, the amount of people that were at wash stations and were being conscious of the things that they were touching. I'll tell you what, it was kind of refreshing, you know, yeah. like it was nice for people to have good hygiene and to watch what they were doing. And I respected that, you know, and if it takes a pandemic to get us to that point, well, maybe it, it'll be better in the future. Who knows? Yeah, I look. I haven't I haven't spent a whole lot of time out in the stores, but when I do, I just try to you know get in, get get my dried pasta and you know in my can you my four, can you explain the toilet pa- can you explain the toilet paper thing to Dude, me I, I, because I, that I, is I, the one thing I don't understand. Like I can understand people are, are looking for like sanitation wipes and then maybe a shortage of meat if for some reason like the supply chains didn't didn't like bounce back as fast as they think they are. But I don't understand the toilet paper thing. Well, I, I can't really explain it to you, but I can tell you there is there's one kind of weird, quirky side effect to all this toilet paper hoarding stuff. So as you know, my paper is Star Telegram. They're they're, you know, it's it's not New York or not not uh, not the Seattle area, meaning that they haven't felt, you know, that initial wave, but they're starting to feel that now. 
And one of the stories that, that has been, that I think posted uh, like in the last 24 hours was uh, plumbers have been getting a lot of calls because people are having to resort to other things that are not toilet paper and those things are getting flushed and, and systems are getting backed up and clogged. And it's just, it's, you know, so there are, there are a number of businesses that are seeing an uptick, um, that you wouldn't necessarily think are, are, um, are experiencing that. And one of them is, you know, like Netflix and move and movies. Like I know that for my wife and I, we've watched, just about damn near every zombie slash virus film that you could think of. Yeah, which by the way, so Netflix has that pandemic show on right now. Yeah, awful yeah. timing, Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Come on. But but yeah. so so, uh, what are you watching? Like, what are your your top two recommendations for our listeners? So, uh, Contagion, crazy crazy prescient. I mean, considering that I don't have the exact year, I'm going to muff on that, but it's at least eight to ten years old. It's got a younger uh, Gwyneth Paltrow as 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 the as one of the leads. Not giving anything away here, but Contagion. I think you could kind of figure out what's going to happen. But when you watch what happens and how it happens and how it unfolds, it's crazy to think that Soderbergh, you know, had this and was able to 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 execute this. And it's a lot of is just kind of playing out as though it were as though it were a movie script, and they're just they're just running with it. Uh, Outbreak. That's a dull Dustin Hoffman one. 28 days later, followed by 28 weeks later, um, you know, World War Z. Oh, my God. Brad Pitt. That was crazy. <laughs> You're just watching all this stuff. I'm uh, watching all I'll, of them. I'll, I'll, I'll give you two. One dropped on Netflix the other day, Tiger King, which, you know, I'm not sure if you've seen that or if you've seen the previews for it. But it's basically about this guy who runs an exotic zoo in Oklahoma who then puts out a hit on someone who runs a sanctuary in Tampa, Florida. And it's a big cat rescue in Tampa, Florida. So it's it's a tremendous story about their relationship. And then, you know, it's got the underlying tones about big cats and breeding them in the U.S. and all that nonsense. And then another one, I had never seen this movie, but Cloverfield. And then also had no idea that they made two more Cloverfields after that, which is just wild to me. That have nothing to do with the original Cloverfield. So mm. I've been watching that. Uh, but you know, one thing I do think is really interesting. Um, you know, before we talk about this, we're also going to talk about later in this episode about the Olympics and kind of how that's postponed and the impact that that's going to have on maybe the team that the U S fields next year and that they send over there, depending on what happens with the NBA, but from someone who, who works in a news office and as the editor, how has, you know, zoom press conferences or some of the things that you guys have to do on a daily basis, because obviously everyone is now practicing social distancing. How has that affected some of your reporters and the things that they have to do on a day-to-day basis? So it's a great question. So with, without, uh, you know, naming certain people who may try to keep certain things in confidence, but uh, it has created situations where um, some things that you would expect and some things you wouldn't expect. So for example, um, you know, our meetings right now are done virtually. Uh, our, our newsroom, like so many workplaces, is is shut, not because there's anything wrong with the newsroom per se, but because they're abiding by all of the uh, all of the standards that, that are in place uh, within the city of Fort Worth. So um, save, you know, social distancing and all that. So people are doing their meetings, um, you know, just, just, just logging on and, and, and doing those that way. Uh, as far as stories go, um, it, it, on the one hand, so we don't have 
know, there's not a, a range. The Rangers aren't playing. There's the Texas Rangers. They're not playing. They're not practicing. Yeah. Dallas Mavericks not playing, not practicing. So there's no reason to go to the arenas. So in that respect, what we have are, are my guys kind of calling up, uh, talking to sources, trying to get stories you know, done that way. Uh, the other thing that we're doing, um, you know, plain and simple, is that we're there are so many stories on news side. A lot of my sports guys are, are doing stories there. So um, Jeff Wilson, who's our Rangers beat writer, I had him do a story about what it's like to get married at this time. And, uh, you know, you know, people plan their weddings, you know, year out. And now all of a sudden, all of this stuff happens. Uh, another story about um, just the, the art of picking a shopping cart. You know, something we take for granted, like, you know, you walk to the store, you know, prior to all this, you walk to the store, you take a cart, you walk in, get, grab your stuff and leave. Now, well, mm, who touched this cart last? And, 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 you know, so we're, we're trying to, we're trying to address it by, by doing different types of stories. Uh, at the same time, you know, people are concerned about, uh, about like, Hey, if I report something out, am I, am I going to be a victim? Am I going to come down with something? So those are all real things that we're trying to work through as well. That's fun that your staff is also kind of taking that initiative to help out in other departments too, you know, because of this whole thing is so wild and we've never been through it. And it's interesting on so many different levels. So I was curious about that, but you know, I know earlier today, you know, we record this podcast on a Tuesday, but on Tuesday it was officially announced that they are going to postpone the Olympics. They were supposed to take place in the summer of 2020. Obviously with everything that is going on, teams are out of their practice regiments. There are other more important pressing things happening within the world. So they're going to try and do the Olympics before the end of the summer of 2021. And, you know, with me being selfish, the first thing I think of is, you know, depending on when these Olympics happen and if they happen in June, July, and depending on when the NBA season does resume, it's not if it resumes, it's when it does resume, how that affects the calendar of that. And, you know, offline, you and I were talking about some of the ways that they could field a potential team because it's going to look very different when the Olympics do resume. And it might lead to a situation where we might not have professional athletes being on the U.S. team. Now, a lot of things would have to happen for that, but it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility where the U.S. next year sends amateurs to the Olympics as opposed to professional athletes. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I would hope that um, that the that professional athletes would go, or, or at least if not comprise the entire team, you know, comprise um, a majority or, or half the team. Um, you know, if I'm putting my media hat on for a second, I'm going to think that NBC is not going to allow for the games to be played at a time when so, NBA players would not. But be here's able to, a question. But, yeah. Here's a question. How much influence would NBC have? Because you have to remember the Olympics deals with multiple media enterprises, right? Like it's not just the U.S. media. It's uh, it's any media that occurs in Russia and the U.K. and Europe in general. And so even if it, it's not just NBC saying we have to have these athletes on these dates, if it works for the 200 other countries that might be participating in this event, they have to take that into account, don't they? I think they do need to take it into account. I think that um, that the U.S. has typically kind of led the way and and it really does matter what I, I my, this might this this is just. My personal opinion, I have no insights here uh, beyond what I'm saying now, but uh, I feel like it does matter as to, in terms of whether they get uh, uh, American eyeballs on, on, you know, onto the screen. And I think in order to do that, you, you may want to make sure or look into the fact that, hey, can we have, um, you know, can we have some of our, our elite um, 
athletes participating. And I and I and this could apply to to a, a number of other sports. You know, swimming is is a similar deal. You can have swimmers in college and there's their season ends and then they're primed to to get to the Olympics, gymnastics, you know, gymnastics obviously is a little bit different. Um, but I, I would imagine that the easiest thing to do would be just to kind of slot it into a similar period uh, a year from now, um, because people can set their training schedules accordingly. It's it's just it's just all you're doing, all you're doing, quote unquote, but all you're doing would be flipping the year as opposed to saying, OK, now I have to think about what it means to peak in you know late spring or or something like that. How much does this. And this is something the NBA is going to have to think about too, because say the NBA and best case scenario resumes the season in May, then that season is probably not finishing up until August of 2020. And for people who have knowledge of the way the NBA calendar works, typically training camps will start that last week of September. And then you play your preseason games and you're really starting kind of, I guess now it's more middle of October. So in an ideal world, you're starting the, the next campaign, which would be the 2020-2021 campaign in the middle of October, I don't see a scenario where the NBA could go to the Players Association and say, if we wrap this season up in August, we're going to start our next one in October, and then allowing that to finish in accordance with the way that the Olympic schedule would. So these are all very interesting things and, and how they're going to juggle these juggle these aspects. Because like you said, the NBC, if I'm right, is no longer a partner, a media partner of the NBA, right? It's, uh, it's just Turner and ESPN. Exactly. exactly. So they're not going to have a say in maybe the way that they structure next season, which would well, have no bearings on how they look at the Olympics. Oh, precisely. But at the same time, those those entities have to are going to want to make sure that they are um, that they are. I mean, look, they're going to have an interesting situation to deal with do you want to have an intact 2020 slash 21 season or do you want to have some semblance of a playoffs and then because you do or might that could then wind up impacting the 20 slash 21 season i mean these and and i i and one of the the issues here i think that we're all you know struggling with regardless of what we do in our personal lives is nobody knows how this is going to end or when it's going to end. Yeah. You know, if we knew that, okay, we're going to get the all clear on June 1st, we could plan for that. You know, the NBA could plan for that. MLB, NFL, they could all plan for that. But we have no idea when the the spike, if you will, is is coming. Um, and and I think that that's unfortunately driving, I mean, you know, the, the real unfortunate thing is that you know, lots of people are going to get sick and worse, but the as as just taking the sports piece of it, that's the unfortunate part of it. We don't we just don't know and can't plan for that. You know, and the scary thing is, and this is something that hasn't been talked about, and you know, I'm kind of interested to get your take, is you know, even if you know, say the Olympics happen next year, there's no guarantee that LeBron with, you know, his age and another NBA season under him would want to play in the Olympics. And and I keep going back to this thought is LeBron has been such a tremendous athlete and really the only person who has thwarted off father time the way that he has. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I keep thinking that if for some reason this NBA season never resumes and they just scrap the end of this one, how 
big of a shame is it or how how disappointing would it be if we lose an entire year of lebron essentially you know oh, it, yeah i mean that's that's uh that's that's a tough one because you know give, given all of the storylines and and what we've seen you know thus far it, you you knew it was going to be uh, one of the, one of the uh, more special playoff runs and so that that and you just don't know how many more MVP like seasons you're going to be able to get out of him and so to have right. something like that just you know wiped from the record book is very disheartening and it's concerning and you know to potentially miss an opportunity at LeBron in the playoffs at his peak. That's crushing in so many different levels. It is crushing, which is which probably would indicate or would probably suggest that the league will f- try to figure out a way to have some semblance of the playoffs. But you know, at what point do you say you know this just doesn't make sense? I mean, if, if guys aren't able to assemble until July first, and, and I have no inside information, I'm just picking the data out of the air. Does it, is it does it make sense? Is it fair to to LeBron and to, every, to everybody else, the entire league for that matter. Um, and then you're jeopardizing, you know, are you jeopardizing the next season um, and to what extent? But, you know, you would, you'd raise something about, about LeBron and, and his, um, you know, commitment to, to international basketball. To me, you know, LeBron is one of those guys who has, he has, he has carried, you know, carried the mantle of, uh, long enough i mean he, he he can pass that torch um to 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 the next to the next generation as far as i'm concerned i mean he's he has done above and beyond as far as international ball is concerned um you know and you had mentioned you know having seen more amateur players like i would love to see kind of the kind of a cross between the next uh you know the, the up-and-comers in the nba and then just think about all the, the current juniors and seniors in uh, in college ball and in what those elite players be able to do, like so. So my question to you is: do, Who who would you be most excited to see in that in that um, you know on a team like that? So that that's that's a really interesting question. Uh, and the thing I keep going back to is, you know, you and I had a thread offline where it was essentially based on teams today that would not make the playoffs, right? That would be out of the NBA field. What kind of a roster could you field in that aspect? And you're still really, you're still looking at really good names like Trey Young, for instance, Zion Williamson. Those are all guys. Um, I'm pretty sure if the playoffs ended today, the Pelicans would be out, right? Yep. yep. Uh, like, like, like those are two guys alone that would draw eyes to a television screen. And alone, I think, would be really interesting as you kind of usher in this next phase of international basketball for the U.S. So that's, kind of the fun thing about this, right? Like even if you don't have an Anthony Davis or a LeBron James or, you know, a Chris Paul or some of those guys who have played international basketball for so long, there are enough up and coming stars that can still represent the country and and do a tremendous job. And, you know, the other thing that's scary about it is you still want to see Luca in the Olympics too. You know, the NBA has so many young, exciting players that now they're going to have another season of NBA basketball under their belt to kind of um, carry that flag for their respective countries. Yeah, that'd be a host of, of international players uh, because as the league seemingly gets more international each year, uh, it certainly would would make, you know, you know for, for exciting games. But that's all the more reason why I feel like, um, you, t- you know, Team USA can't sleep on on just, quote unquote, having amateurs that, that you know, they, they need to have some some top level pros I just think that they don't necessarily need 
the guys who have done it for two, three, four, I guess two, three uh, campaigns that, you know, it's time to, to, you know, look at, look at some other folks. So last question on this, if the Olympic committee came out tomorrow and said, we're going to scrap all professional athletes from the basketball portion of this, would you still watch an Olympic tournament with only amateur athletes? I would, I would watch, but I would also expect, I would not, ex- I would not expect it to be just like pencil, pencil us into a metal, metal round. I don't think, I think that the way the international game is going, that's, that, that would be too arrogant. I mean, maybe, maybe you could have gotten away with that five years ago, 10 years ago, but I don't feel like that would be something that, that you could just assume that, that, you know, USA would be in a, in a metal, in metal contention. Yeah. And, and to be on, and to be honest, I have a hard time imagining a U.S. team placing in a tournament like that. Uh, I I think the internet international basketball has gotten so good and you look at it stateside, especially with the college game, the college game alone outside of really the lottery picks has a hard enough time sustaining any kind of energy and play that I don't think it could compete. Now it's an interesting conversation. It'd be interesting to see. Uh, I don't think it'll happen. I think we'll still have pros in some way, (laughs) shape or form. Right. Um, but it'd be very, very interesting to follow. Okay, so at this point in the show, usually we try to get a little, a uh, little light, a little fun. But uh, given where we are with, with these times, we just thought we wanted to take a moment and um, be real, little reflective and, and acknowledge, you know, all of the, um, the the incredible work that's being done around the country um, from first responders, um, police officers, doctors, nurses, and and just just folks out in the community trying to trying to do the right thing and help help out, uh, one another. I mean, I've, I've seen countless examples. Um, you know, Aaron, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you've, you've, uh, seen and heard examples of that. It just kind of, you know, uh, remind us all of what it means to be, uh, to be American. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the, the thing we don't see this often, right? Like we don't, our, our country as a whole, at least in the 30 years that I have been alive does not go through very many unifying moments. You know, off air, we were talking about kind of the way that that 9-11 and the sports scene after the fact in a country that was very, that was hurting and a lot of people who didn't know how to feel about certain things and were scared, sports served as a unifier and kind of a, a great semblance of what American culture was. And the amazing thing right now is we're not needing something like that to bring us all together. We all understand the the battle that we're fighting, the enemy that's invisible, that nobody really knows. And we're, we're doing our best because we all have grandparents, you know, we all have moms and dads. We all have people that would be perceived that we know as high risk people. And it, it's it's been really fun to kind of see that on a full scale level. And, you know, it's eerie, like you drive through downtown or you go to a park and it's empty. And, you know, you look at pictures of Times Square, you look at pictures of arenas that are just completely empty and you understand the gravity of the situation, but we've never seen a country come together like this and individual governments come together like this, like we have over the last two weeks. And, you know, the amazing thing I kept going back to Otto was, uh, over the last few weeks, it was the first time in a long time I had really been pulled towards media coverage. We work in the media. We, we, we cover teams on a day-to-day basis. But with the news and the way that it was coming and the way that it was happening in real time and you weren't getting tipped on things, it, it was tremendous to see people supporting one another and going through 
something like this together because it had been so long and it was just really refreshing and uh really gratifying to watch and you you appreciate it more right yeah the, the tales of the of the human spirit and you know what what people are doing to help out those in need you know whether it's a you know a, a, a distillery you know turning trying to make hand sanitizer out of out of their, out I, of their I, I, I saw that i saw that there was um and this made me really proud of my hometown and for people who don't know i'm from kansas city there was a distillery in Kansas City that was doing that exact same thing, and I'm sure there's one in the Fort Worth area that's doing something similar. Yeah. But yeah. you know, or we just haven't seen something like this happen in a long time, and it's hard to put into words kind of how proud you are of people in, in this situation. Yeah, and and also the you know the, the first responders who are, you know, it, it, have, I mean, we've all heard stories about how they're having to reuse uh, you know reuse equipment. Uh, masks and, and such, and you know, it, it's it, al- it almost sounds like I know it's not the same thing exactly, but it almost sounds like a, a firefighter jumping into a, a burning building without without an oxygen mask in in some sense. Again, not the literal sense, but in a, in to a degree, where where people are are um, you know basically putting their lives on the line for for their for their fellow um, New York or American or New York or Texan or or Californian or you know. Uh, whoever it may be. And, and, you know, that's just, uh, um, it, it's a uh, refreshing to see and, uh, hopefully we'll continue to see, you know, to see more of that. Yeah. You know, I, I had an old roommate and he is a nurse and then I have, a, I have a good friend who lives on the West coast and his girlfriend is a nurse and she lives in the Los Angeles area. And, you know, the, the first thing I did about three days ago was, you, you know, I text my old roommate here and I text her just to see how they were doing because they're the ones that are out there on the front lines. And, you know, more so than ever, I think we're learning that heroes don't wear capes. You know, there are people that who walk amongst us who are out there dealing with it on a day-to-day basis. And while for most of us, you know, we're doing our part and we're following the stay home uh, initiative and the social distancing initiative. We're not the ones who are seeing what's happening on a day-to-day basis like they are. So if you know someone who is a member of the medical staff or someone who is a nurse or a doctor, uh, I would just say reach out to them, ask how they're doing, ask how their day is going, ask how they've been, uh, because I, I think they could really use it right about now. Yeah, yeah. Second that. Uh, and, and that also goes to, to you know, goes for anybody who may be elderly or somebody who you know is living alone or may not uh, have the support service um, of folks around them or, or, you know, in their immediate vicinity. So, um, but that was an excellent point you raised, Aaron. So, hey, with all, with all of that, we want to thank everybody to listening for this uh, special edition of Catch and Shoot 2.0. Uh, thank you to our producers, Scott Turkin and Bruce Bernstein, and our editor, Ben Wolfen. And just a reminder to check out the Mike Weiss show. His guest this week was Mark Cuban. And, you know, Mark Cuban, amongst the owners of the NBA circle, has really kind of been um, a champion for them. And I thought that interview was fantastic. Also on Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams, they'll have Tim Brando. That is a tremendous conversation and a fun listen. Just a reminder, we drop on Wednesdays and Thursdays are for buckets, boards, and blocks with Monica, Monica McNutt. And as always, the week wraps with the Pure Hoops podcast with Eric Newman and BJ Armstrong. But that'll do it this week for us here on Catch and Shoot 2.0. We are back next week. Otto, good to see you again. Good to be seen, my friend. Catch and Shoot 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.